Amen. Praise the Lord. Indeed, I want us to just talk to God for yourself once again. The Bible says Jesus gave us his word. The Bible says he sent forth his word and healed his people and delivered them from all their distresses. In the book of Revelations, we read several times the word came to the angel of the churches and at the end of each word it says, let him that has ears, let him hear. Why don't you ask God this day to open your ears? Open my heart, O God, that my heart will hear you. That your God, that your word indeed, that bringeth life, that heals, that delivers, will reach me today. That I may profit from it. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Praise the Lord. Let's be seated. Last week we saw our brother took us through the scriptures and told us all the signs that tell us clearly that the return or the end of age is near. He went through even history and we know that he mentioned that the signs are clear and evident. Amen? So today we continue this study and I will quickly ask us to go to the book of Matthew. Matthew 24. Before we continue, I would just like to acknowledge anyone who is in this church for the first time. If you are here for the first time, just wave your hands. Praise the Lord. Let's welcome them. They are in the house of God. You're welcome. You may be seated. Let's just pray for them. Father, we thank you for these ones. You know them from the beginning of their life. You know their end also. Lord, we ask, fulfill your, your purpose concerning them. That that good end that you have for them will be accomplished in their lives. Even in this earth, O oh God, and in the, year, in the one to come. In the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Jesus' name we pray. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, after all the signs had been narrated in verse 42, just like our brother led us to pray already, he said, watch therefore, Matthew 24:42. Watch therefore, praise the Lord, so the coming of the, the, the of, our, of our Lord, as he mentioned here, is not, you know, going to be announced ahead of time, so to say. It will not be an event that 
you know, we said next week Jesus Christ is coming, let us be ready. Amen? <laughs> it's not going to be like that. I wish it were. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because indeed, the very hour and the very minute is not known to any but the Lord Himself. Amen? So we can't announce it. But the signs tell us. We can read the signs. And we can say clearly from what we've said so far that the signs are very indicative that we are close to that time. Praise the Lord. The return of the Lord is one of the four main events that will wrap up the, the, the age, if you like. The things that will happen in the future. We are privileged enough that we know this already. Praise the Lord. The Lord gave us His word in the book of Revelations. And... The return of Christ is the kickoff event. Praise the Lord. And then after we have the millennium, the 1,000 years, when the Bible says Jesus will reign here on earth with his saints. And over that period, we were told, we were told in the scriptures that the devil will not be able to mesmerize anyone for that period. Praise the Lord. And then, of course, the next event is the judgment. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to do what? To die. And after that, the judgment. So there will be judgment. And of course, the Bible says there will be the new heavens and the what? And the earth. Amen? We will not deal with all the four events today. We will talk essentially about the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Why are we so sure that he's going to return? You know, I once had a joke, and it troubled me. But then the Spirit reassured me that he's certainly coming back. Somebody said, you know, I'm coming. Then the guy said, well, you better come. Let your coming not be like the coming of Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know, people say that sometimes. And even some Christians, perhaps you are thinking, he has gone for so long. And he said, I'm coming back, what? Soon. And then soon, 2,000 years after, we are still waiting. Amen? Praise the Lord. But we are sure he's coming back because he himself said so. Praise the Lord. In the book of John 14, if you open quickly to John chapter 14, he says to his disciples, from verse 1. He said, let not your heart be troubled. And in case some of us are already losing faith that this thing I have put my life on, where is it going? Say, let not your heart be troubled. He said, believe what? In God. Believe also in me. He said, my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. In other words, I will not lie to you. Say, if it were not so, I won't tell you so. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. This is Christ himself. He said it himself, I will come again. Praise the Lord. In the book of Acts chapter 1, in Acts chapter 1, just before he left, he was having some time with his disciples. And in chapter 1 of the book of Acts, He said unto them, At that time that I will come, 
I don't know. I will not tell you. Praise the Lord. It says, It is not for you to know the times of the season or the season which the Father has put in his own power. Praise the Lord. Verse 7. It says, It is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own power. And in verse 11, when he, descend, when he has ascended, the Bible says, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, he went up to heaven, and they saw him went into heaven. Praise the Lord. They, heard, they saw with their eyes. In other words, people were there when Jesus physically went to heaven. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says in verse 10, why they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, two men stood by them in white apparel, they're probably angels. And they said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, Amen, it's the same Jesus that went to heaven. It's not another Jesus that will come. It's not another person. It's the same one. Praise the Lord. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as he has seen him go into heaven. So we know that he's coming. He's the same one that will come back. Amen? And he will come back Exactly the same way he went. Eyes shall see him. Those who are alive will see him. Praise the Lord. They will see him come from heaven. We have so many scriptures supporting that, but we'll move on. And like we said, if he's coming, how do we then prepare for his coming? There's nobody else who can tell us the best way to prepare for his coming other than himself. Praise the Lord. Who is the best person to tell you how to prepare? He's himself. And the scriptures are full of his words about how we should prepare for his coming. Praise the Lord. The first thing he said in verse 42, which we read there before, is to do what? Is to do what? I just like to do this to be sure this church is engaged. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want you to go back to Matthew 24:42. The first thing he said is to do what? Is to watch. Is to watch. Praise the Lord. And in verse 44, he also said, "Therefore be ye also what? Ready." Praise the Lord. And then in verse 45, he said what? Who is then is a faithful and wise servant whom the Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in, his, in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, our brother was talking of not being ashamed at his appearing, he said, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, 
shall do what? Shall find him what? What? So doing. A servant is somebody that serves his master. Amen? That is in, you know, occupation for his master. Before he left, he said, he gave so many parables. All the parables preceding chapter 24 were all about his coming. Amen? So we see clearly that Jesus gave us parables about his coming. And specifically in Revelations, he also gives specific description of the things that will happen. And he wrote particular letters to churches. Amen? Not just because he was talking about them, just commenting them about what they are doing, but he was warning them. Amen? Praise the Lord. So today, we see clearly that it is only a foolish person that will not take heed of all these warnings. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 24, the scripture says, Know ye not that they which run in a race, they run everyone. Praise the Lord. It's like, if you look at a race, the Olympics, we, saw the, we know the Olympics, many of the different events. They all start to run. Amen? Many start to run. But how many win the, win the medal? How many? At best, three. But not all. Amen? Not all that run the race win. And if your friend is sleeping by your side, just give him a nudge. Not one, not all wins the race. Even though all started the race. Praise the Lord. That's what Paul was writing to the Corinthians. He said, Know ye not that they which run in a race, all, but one received the prize. So run, that ye may what? That ye may obtain. Praise the Lord. This scripture tells us that it is possible to start the race and not finish. Or not even win any medal. And it is not optional not to win a medal in this race. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's the dangerous part of this particular race. You know, in the race, some may not finish for whatever reason. And some may come last. But that's not enough. For us, it is important that we run to win. That's what he was saying here. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says in verse 25, And every man that striveth for this mastery is temperate in all things, is controlled, is disciplined. He manages himself. He, he, he disciplines himself so that he might what? He might obtain. Praise the Lord. That's why Paul says, I, even I, therefore so run. Not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that bitter the air, but I do what? I keep under my what? My body. And bring it unto subjection. Just, just an example of Paul giving of himself. Praise the Lord. In verse 10 he says, Moreover, brethren, I will not that you should be ignorant. And he went on to give the example of the past generation. He talked about our fathers. 
they had the promise. They were also looking forward to, 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 to enjoy the, the rest of God. Amen? Not all that came out of Egypt made it into Canaan. In fact, the Bible says, the generation that came out of Egypt, 20 years and above, they all died. In other words, they died untimely. Because they spent 40 years, so they were all maximum 58 years, something thereabout. They all died. Because of what? Because of unbelief. Praise the Lord. They did not trust God to take them to the end. They did not discipline themselves. They had all sorts of lives. They were full of murmuring, full of complaints, full of fighting, full of discord, full of jealousies and anger, and, and most importantly, full of unbelief. The Bible says that generation were wasted in the wilderness, and they could not enter. Hebrews tells us, in Hebrews 11, the people that made it, examples of people that made it, they were all men of faith. Praise the Lord. They were all men of faith. We have the heroes of faith clearly described for us in Hebrews. And in chapter 12, verse 1, he then went on to say, he said, Wherefore, seeing we have, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us what? Lay aside every what? Every weight. You see, when you are running a race, can you afford to carry a weight on you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can't afford to carry a heavy load. In other words, for us to win in this race, there are a lot of things that we need to what? To set aside. There are a lot of weights carry over us that we have in our lives that will make us not to win the race. He said, we should do that, we should set them aside. Praise the Lord. He says, and we should run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The Bible says, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he did what? He endured the cross. He kept his focus. You know, when you are running a race, have you seen a person running the race... And he's not looking at the end. Have you seen in the, in the, you know, in the Olympics, somebody is running and then he's looking around or he's walking casually <laughs> or he's taking it easy, you know? Praise the Lord. There's no such thing. If you run like that, you can win. Praise the Lord. And for that reason, we're going to look at precisely the things we need to do. Looking at the examples that Jesus gave unto us. Praise the Lord. In the book of Matthew, that we've opened already, in the book of Matthew 22, I would just like us to, to see some of the parables. Matthew 22, verse 1. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven. It's like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Are you there? And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. 
Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidding, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. This is like the time when you share the word of God. Some don't take it lightly, don't take it seriously. And even the people of God, the Bible says they came unto his own, they did not receive him. Praise the Lord. They in fact killed him. <laughs> but when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned them burned up their city. Then sent to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which are bidding were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So we're in the age where the word is being preached, and many have been invited to the marriage. Amen? In verse 10, The servants went out and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. When the king came to see the guest, he saw there a man which had not a wedding garment. Amen. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away. And cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. We see a very grave situation here. The wedding was called and many came in. And the king went around and he found one in the wedding who was not properly dressed. That's Jesus' parable. And we can interpret it and explain it as the Lord grants us wisdom. Amen? But what we see here is that this guy was there, but the only reason why he was not found worthy was he was not properly dressed. Praise the Lord. In other words, it is possible to be in the race. It is possible to even come to the day of the wedding, to the day of reckoning. And the king, the judge of all, the Bible says we come unto God, the judge of all, and comes and finds somebody not fit for that wedding. He's not fit for it. Praise the Lord. The Bible talks about the wedding supper of the Lamb, when the saints of God will gather, right? The Bible talks about heaven as a place where God will sort out everyone. Amen? Or, if you like, where people who are not qualified cannot enter. Praise the Lord. So what does it mean to be dressed properly? One of the things we need to do to be ready or be fit 
for his appearance or be fit for heaven is to prepare ourselves for it. Amen? To be dressed properly for heaven. You need to be fit for it. You need to be, to be acceptable. You need to be qualified for it. Now, you can tell me that the invitation that this guy got was enough. He had the invitation. And many of us have had the invitation and we have what? We have accepted the invitation. That's why we are here. Amen? We have heard the gospel and we have accepted it. But when the wedding starts and the king comes, is he going to find us fit? Or he will say, sorry, you don't belong here. You know, the, first, the book of 1 John 2.28, our brother Regis, our promise for the week, says that so that when he comes, we will not be ashamed at his appearing. Praise the Lord. It is important for us to be dressed properly. Like the case of this man, we saw that he was not dressed properly. Now, how do we dress properly? In preparing ourselves for the coming of the Lord. How do we dress properly? So that we are not found like this man. Let's look at the book of Galatians 3. Galatians 3, 27. It says, for as many of you has, have been baptized into Christ, have done what? We have done what? We have put on Christ. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us is that He clothes us. He clothes us with the likeness of Christ. Amen? When we are baptized in Him, when we identify ourselves with, with Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit come in our lives, the Bible says our old life is completely replaced, right? And by the grace of the Spirit of God working in our lives, we put on the nature and the character of Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. That is the guarantee that we have. That when we get to heaven, or that we can even make it to heaven and be fit for heaven. Amen? We have to be fit for heaven. That fitness for heaven is not going to start in heaven. The fitness for heaven starts where? Here. Praise the Lord. Many of us think that all that matters is that I make it into heaven. Like the man that was invited, he went there. But he was not dressed properly for it. Amen? And when they was found, he was not wearing the right apparel for, the he for, for heaven. Amen? So we need to clothe ourselves with the spirit of grace, the spirit of God. Jesus has, he said in John 14, he said, I go and I will come back. Yeah? And I've got to make, in Matthew rather, he said, I'll make a place for you so that when I go, I mean, John 14, 3, so that when I come back, I will take you along with me. Amen? 
he went on later in that chapter. He says, I go so that the Father can send who? The Holy Spirit. He said, that Holy Spirit will keep you. He will teach you. He will guide you. He will direct you. Amen? We need to be clothed with Him in spirit. Amen? The Bible says, as many as are baptized with Christ, in the book of 1 Corinthians 12, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. It says in verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Amen? For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into that one Spirit. Amen? When we come to Christ and we are baptized in Him, the Bible says we put on what? We put on Christ. And the Spirit of God works in our lives to bring us into that, 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 you know, that nature of God that is fit for heaven. Amen? You see, if we just want to run our lives the way we like and expect that, yeah, we will make it to heaven one way or the other, indeed, just like that man we saw, if you are not fit for heaven... You cannot dwell in heaven. Amen? The Bible says nothing unclean can enter in. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in the book of 1 John 3, that now are we the sons of God. Amen? Chapter 2. Chapter 3, verse 2. 1 John 3, verse 2. It says, now are we the what? The sons of God, like our pastor was sharing with us, when Jesus addresses us, he addresses us as what? As, as the sons and daughters. Amen? He said, now are we the sons and daughters of God. Let's look at the first John 3. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But what? Are you there? But what? Can somebody read it? Praise the Lord. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen? But I want you to read the next verse. It says, And every man that hath this hope in him does what? Purified himself, even as he is pure. So we see that while here we need to learn to live the life of heaven. You know, we say in heaven there is no enmity, there is no fighting in heaven, right? But then why do we Christians fight here on earth? <laughs> Are we going to suddenly stop fighting in heaven? <laughs> we have to start it here. Amen? There is no envy in heaven. There is no jealousy. 
There is no, you know, argument. Now it has to start here. Because it's the, the Bible says, if we want to be dressed properly for heaven, we have to be fit for it. And we have to start now. Amen? He said, now, now, not then, now are we the sons of God. There will be challenges in our lives. There will be issues. There are things we need to overcome. But the practice of overcoming life is what? It's now. Amen? And it is by the Spirit. We need to put on Christ. And do the things that Christ does. Amen? The spirit of humility, the spirit of, of, of love. Amen? The spirit of love for one another. You know, we all dress up in the morning. This morning, honestly, I, I want to make a confession. I changed my shirt three times. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We want to be okay. So this tie doesn't look nice. Now, it's more important to dress the spirit, to dress yourself internally. Amen? Praise the Lord. We all dress up daily. We prepare. We, we don't want to be... A, how many people walk around naked? How many people will just... You know... <laughs> you, you cannot do that. It's not acceptable, right? There are also some things that in our life as believers, if we want to make it to heaven... If we are to prepare for heaven, they are not acceptable. We have to start now. Praise the Lord. You know, in the, in the book of First Timothy, because that's what it means to be found naked. You know, he said, so that when he appears, we shall not be found, what? Naked. <laughs> it's not physical nakedness. <laughs> it's a spiritual Readiness. Praise the Lord. You know, Paul was writing to Timothy and he was talking about dressing. And many times we take that literally to mean don't put on earrings, don't put on bangles, don't do this, don't do that. Fine. There is a place for that as well. Amen. It says in verse 8, 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy rather, chapter 2, verse 8. It says, I will therefore that men pray. How? How do men pray? Lifting up holy hands. Praise the Lord. So, we are called to be holy before God. That's part of what it means to be children of God, sons of God, right here on earth. But verse 9, because we always ignore verse 9, we emphasize, I mean verse 8. But say, in the same manner, likewise, just like men lift up holy hands, let women do what? Let them adorn themselves with what? With what? Yeah. With shamefacedness and sobriety. And then he went on to say, not with broidered hair, blah, 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 but what? 
verse 10. But with what? With good works. The Bible says, let them who are called to God or to Christ do well to maintain good works. Amen? The Bible says, grace has been given unto us. For what purpose? You know, it's one of our, you know, what we talk about in this church. So I expect us to know it. First Corinthians 9, it says what? And God is able to make all grace to abound towards you. That you, having all sufficiency in all things, may do what? May abound to what? To good works. You know, most times when we talk of abundance, we talk of abundance as in, you know, our bank accounts. <laughs> it's abundance unto good works. Praise the Lord. So, he said that women will also, just as men lift up holy hands, women also, in, as men are lifting up their hands in prayer, it's in like manner, women also, don't let your, you know, dressing up be so much about how I'm going to look as I present, as I share today in church. It's more important about what I'm going to share with you today. Amen? Praise the Lord. But if our life is all about here, and how we look here, how we, you know, and we don't care about being fit for heaven, then we'll be like that man that was cast out. Praise the Lord. So we need to be dressed properly. And we dress daily. We, we invest time in our physical, you know, preparation. We, when, we go to work in the, in, when we go to our offices, we take time to prepare ourselves. Yeah? So, in the same manner, if we are preparing for heaven, we need to take time to make sure that we are dressed with the what? With a meek and gentle spirit. With the right spirit. The spirit of God. Amen? The spirit of holiness. The spirit of purity. Say, he that had this hope in him, let him do what? Purify himself. Praise the Lord. We need to be careful to maintain good works. In the book of First Peter 3, First Peter 3, verse 3, please open it. We're not going to rush too much. Let's read the scriptures. First Peter 3, 3, it says again, talking about the adornment of women. He said, Whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plating of hair, wearing of gold, putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the, of the what? Of the heart. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of what? Great price. Praise the Lord. We need to do this daily as we dress up. We have to have the spirit of love. Yeah? The Bible says it has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power. And of a what? And of a sound mind. This is all that we need to do regularly as we wait for His coming. We have to have the spirit of wisdom. We have to have the spirit of knowledge and understanding in the study of the scripture. 
We have to know. We have to, we have to hear what the Spirit is saying. Praise the Lord. You know, in Revelation, it says to the churches, hear what the Spirit is saying to what? To the churches. Praise the Lord. We have to have the Spirit of sanctification. Amen? In the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians says, And the very God of peace, do what? Sanctify you, how? Can somebody help me? Read it, First Thessalonians, chapter 5. Verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you how? Totally. You know what sanctification means here is not to be is not being made pure. It's, that's not what it means here. It means being separated, being consecrated, being dedicated for the use of God, for holy use. Sanctification has two meanings. Purified. In this, and another one is what? For those who have been in discipleship class, you know this very well. Being separation. For us to be dressed properly, there are some things we will not, for us to be fit for heaven. Let's, let me put it outright. That's what I meant by dress properly. For us to be fit for heaven, there are some things we need to put aside. Things we don't do anymore. Praise the Lord. And that's what he's saying here. He said, the very God of peace will help you to put yourself, separate yourself totally so that you'll be preserved, what? Blameless unto the what? Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. It is, these are the things we need to do until we, you see, for many of us, perhaps, I don't know, we may not see him come physically. We may move on. But then we will see him anyway. Praise the Lord. So let's not, let's not just look at it only, well, you know, the, the, the signs are there quite all right, but I'm, I know that it's probably not going to happen in my life. We don't know. But when we die, we see him. And we will be ashamed when we meet with him. Praise the Lord. We need to prepare ourselves in our daily lives. The other thing, if we go back to Matthew 24, he also gave other parables, but time will not allow us to look at them. We know the parable of the, of the virgins. The first thing he said, we've looked at 44, he said, therefore be ready. That therefore be ready is what we just looked at. Be ready for him. Dress properly. Be fit for heaven. But in verse 42, he also talks about being what? Watchful. Okay? Now, what it means to be watchful? You know, if you are 
looking forward to something. If you have a great event coming ahead of you, what do you do? You are eagerly looking forward to that event. True or false? If you have an announcement that, you know, like I remember, okay, let me not use any. If you were graduating, I remember when I was about to graduate from the university, a, a date was set, a day of convocation. You are getting ready for it, right? Or even on your wedding. Say, well, you know, a wedding date is set. Are you expecting that? I mean, if somebody is expecting a great event to come, do you, do you, he will be counting the days. He'll be waiting for it to happen. Because he's looking forward to it, right? That is it for us as well. The only way we can be really be sure we are preparing for heaven is to actually be looking forward to heaven. I mean, if you are not looking forward to it, if you are not, you know, expecting the day to come even faster, then that's an indication that you're not really ready for it. Praise the Lord. That is the fact. It's true in our everyday life. And that's what Jesus said as well. He said, therefore be ready. Praise the Lord. In the book of Titus 2, in Titus 2, 11, Paul was writing to Titus, he said, the grace of God that brings salvation had appeared unto how many? To all men. But teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, where? In this present world. Praise the Lord. That's what grace teaches us. And what? Verse 13. Let's read it in your scripture. Verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope. Looking for it. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. That's what grace teaches us. To live right and to be looking forward to His coming. If we are not looking forward to His coming then we are probably not actually, you know, ready for His coming. That's it. You see, in this world, God has blessed us. I can tell you that. I'm, I'm an example. <laughs> God has blessed us. We enjoy the abundance of His house. We celebrate it. But we cannot be satisfied with it. There is more. I, re- I remember the, the lyrics, I mean, the, the title of the album by John, I mean, Don Moen. He said, there is what? There is more. Something about that. I don't know whether you notice it. He said, there is more. There is more to, the, to our life than this earth. There must be more. He said, if in this earth only we have hope, we are, then, then it's not worth it. We cannot afford to be satisfied with our current state, the, 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 the mortality of our life. You see, when we, are, when we see Him, we shall be like Him. We'll be able to completely be like Him. Amen? I don't know why we will not... Paul wrote it, Paul put it more. He said, I'm torn in between whether to be here, 
to help you to, to, for the work of the ministry or to be with him, which is better. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says to us in the book of Hebrew that for them who are looking for his appearing, them he shall appear. I don't know whether you read between the lines in the scriptures. He said it is those people that are looking forward to his appearing, those are the ones that he will appear to. In other words, you know, I do not want us to take, we probably don't have enough time to go into the, into the theology of that, but the reality is that if you are not expecting to see him, then you will not see him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you are not looking forward to see him, your heart is not ready for him. You are not excited about him. You are not looking forward to that day. I, I don't know, imagine anyone who is preparing to get married or to graduate and is not looking forward to that day. Then something is wrong. Praise the Lord. We need to keep looking for him. It is only that that we can make. Galatians 2.20 says, we are, Jesus Paul says, I am no longer living my own life. Say, I am what? Crucified. We need to learn to understand what it means to be dead here on earth. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, in the book of Romans 12, it talks about a living sacrifice, right? I was sharing with uh, one of our pastors recently, we were talking that we are a living sacrifice. But you know, sacrifices are normally what? Dead. You kill them. You put it on the altar and you burn it as a sacrifice to God, right? But we are a living sacrifice. The reason is that we are still physically alive. But our life is a spiritual life. We are dead to the world. We are dead to things of the world. We are dead to all the, you know, the issues of the world. That's the real truth. And that's what God expects us to, to do. The Bible says our reasonable, what? Service. If we want to be a, a, a sacrifice that is still alive in the flesh, then you cannot fit. You're not a fit sacrifice. Praise the Lord. We have to remain on the altar. You have to present yourself daily on the altar. We cannot afford to be on the altar today and next day jump out and be in the flesh. And when it fits us or when we run into trouble, we go back to God we have to stay permanently on the altar of sacrifice. Amen? Altar of consecration. A life that is consecrated totally to God. Praise the Lord. That is what it takes to prepare for heaven. And in Second Peter 3, In 2 Peter 3, verse 10. It says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And, and all that shall happen. Yeah? It says, The earth and the works that are in shall be what? Shall be what? Burned up. Then verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be what? 
dissolved. He said, what manner of what? Of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and what? And godliness. The reality is that this whole world, with all its glamour and beauty and all that we are aspiring for, the Bible says it should be burnt up. In fact, somewhere in the scripture it said the earth was rolled up like a scroll. He said, if we know that this is really what is going to happen, then what sort of person should we live, should we be? What sort of life should we live? In our holy conversation and godliness. He said, looking for, verse 12, looking for and hasting unto. Praise the Lord. You are not only looking forward to it, you are, you are hastening unto it. Amen? You are doing all that you need to do to make it come quickly. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and elements shall be, melt, shall be melt with fervent heat. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, that's the second part of being ready. Of preparing for him. First part is that you need to work on yourself. You need to sanctify yourself. You need to consecrate yourself. You need to allow the Spirit to clothe you properly, daily, consistently, continuously. And we need to actually be looking forward to his coming. Praise the Lord. And the last part, if we go back to Matthew 24. He talks about the servant. He said, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him in active service. Fervently serving him in spirit, in truth, actively. But again, not serving like he's serving man. Not running a race like somebody who is not eager to win, but serving with fervency. Amen? With diligence. But serving, you see, this, Jesus made the, 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 the parable of the talents. He gave talents. And one guy came back without profit. God expects us, God has invested in our lives. He has invested his power. I'm talking as, in fact, God has invested in every human being. That's why you see unbelievers. And you see, wow, this guy is so good. This guy is so talented. This guy can sing so well. This guy can run. This guy is intelligent. This guy is very creative. He has invested in everyone, more so the believer. But when you put your money in the bank and you do an investment you expect a return right you expect profit god expects profits from our lives amen it is not acceptable not to bring back return so in preparing for him so that you not be ashamed that he's coming you have to invest your life on the things of god on the things that are worthy it's not even only in the things in the church. Even your work that you are doing, you have to put in your best so that his name will be glorified. When we say whatever we do, 
we do what? As unto the Lord. Amen? It is not acceptable to meet with the Lord without offering Him a return on His investment. It's not. The Bible says that servant, we see the example of the talent in book of in Matthew 25. Jesus Christ said, Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. There is a minimum expectation from us. There is a minimum investment return that the Lord expects of our life. We need to be active in service. Praise the Lord. He says in verse 30, He says, Cast ye the unprofitable servant into what? All to darkness. There shall be weeping with gnashing of teeth. Similar to the guy that was not dressed properly, this unprofitable servant was cast out because he did not invest his life. He did not invest it, you know, he did not produce results with the investment God has placed in his life. You know, many of us are in the church and we're so satisfied. (laughs) We're so happy. It's good enough to just come to church on a regular Friday. Good enough to occasionally get into some argument or fight or abuse with a fellow believer or, you know, or even your, your colleague in the office. It's good enough to do all those things. After all, I'm just, yeah? We accept that. But that's not acceptable to God. Amen? That is not. And the reason why, the danger in not being in active service for God in our lives is exactly what happened to the unprofitable servant. It is not allowed not to produce results. Praise the Lord. We should be, in, in getting ready for his coming, we should be active in the things of God. We should be active in our life in every form. Praise the Lord. Now, the last part before we pray. He gave specific warnings to the churches. We know the churches in, uh, in Asia Minor, we call them the Ephesian church, the Thyatira church, the, the Pagamos church. In each of these churches, in the book of Revelations 2, we see that Jesus had areas where they were doing fine. But they had significant issues that made them completely disqualified. They were doing fine. In fact, it's only one church, I believe, that is the church of Smyrna, which he said that this church shall suffer a great deal of persecution, but he encouraged them to be faithful to the end. He said they should be faithful unto death. That's very tough. This church of Ephesus had backsliding. They had turned away from their first love, and they didn't even realize it. And that's why often we're asked to examine ourselves, because it is possible to have been disqualified from the race and still think you are in the race. That's very dangerous. But in, that's why the Bible says, if you hear his, his voice today, harden not your hearts, repent and go back. Amen? In any area that the Spirit of God has ministered to you today, 
If you hear his voice, don't just take it, well, it's a very nice message. No. Say, harden not your heart. Go back and repent. The Pagamos church and the Tastira church, they had an issue of doctrine. That would say they, they were allowing the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And the Nicolaitans, what is interesting about or disturbing about their doctrine was that their doctrine promoted evil and said that evil is acceptable. In their particular case, the evil of immorality, yeah? They believed that it was acceptable, fornication and adultery is okay. Now, if I put it that way here, many of us will say, okay, I'm okay. That's not, doesn't matter. But the, the issue here is that any form of teaching or doctrine that we have accepted in our lives that promotes immorality, that does not commend us to the righteousness of God, is a false doctrine. And in the last days, we're going to have it, and even in the church. Praise the Lord. But then it's important, the warning has gone forth that we should repent. Praise the Lord. The Tastira church allows, you know, it talks about Jezebel, and I, I don't believe it's the Jezebel of, of uh, Ahab, but a, a woman in the church that was promoting, you know, some evil in the church. Praise the Lord. It is important to be watchful and to beware that we don't imbibe things that take us out. The enemy sometimes don't want to take us out rashly. He takes us out subtly. Praise the Lord. So before we go this evening, this, this, this afternoon, I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to just rise up and talk to God. That the Lord will make you a sanctuary that he can dwell in himself. <clears throat> so we're going to take that song, Lord prepare me a sanctuary. And our pastor will wrap up for us. Lord prepare. I want you to sing it as a prayer indeed. Your holy, tried and true. Oh yes, we thank I'll be a living sanctuary, sanctuary. For you, Lord, prepare me, Lord, prepare
It's time that we introspected. It's time that we reflected on our life. God has been speaking to us past weeks. And some of you might be thinking, as many people do in this world, how often have we heard this? Jesus is coming. It's not happened. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 tells you this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And verse 10, the first line says this, But the day of the Lord will come. There is no doubt. The day of the Lord will come. The day of reckoning will come. And God is asking us some things today. Have you been watching? Are you ready? Or have you taken life lightly? Are you fit to enter into the kingdom of heaven? There was a man who came up to the banquet, but then he was thrown out. You and I don't want to be in that position. You and I don't want to enter into the banquet and then be told, you aren't spiritually dressed, you aren't ready for the kingdom, out with you. How is your behavior today? What is your level of holiness? God expects holiness. Are we able to live our lives according to what God expects of us? Or are we living lives according to what the world expects of us? God expects holiness. God expects purity. God is looking at your good works. It's about what God is looking at. We need to ask ourselves one last question. Are we more concerned about our outer appearance or about your inner person? Are you separated for Christ? Just take these points and talk to God. Tell God, if I am not ready, I need to be ready right now. If there is something that is preventing me from being holy in your sight, Wash it out. Burn it away. It's got to have no place in my life. Your level of holiness, that's what I need to be. It's not about me being holier than the man next to me. It's about being holy in the sight of God. Where are my thoughts? Are they pure? Where does my eye go? Does it look for purity? What is my speech like? Do I speak one thing in the, in the presence of godly people and yet somewhere else my speech is entirely different? Am I a double-tongued person? Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are long-suffering towards us, Lord. And today, Lord, you have again told us 
you have reminded us that we need to be ready, to be ready at all time, to be prepared spiritually, Lord Father. We need to be separated for you, Lord, and we need to be producing results for you, Lord Jesus. Father God, make us that kind of a people, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have spoken to us today. You have told us your heart's desire, Lord Father. You have told us what we need to be, who we need to be. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that this will not be yet another theoretical session that we have listened to and then we go out and forget it. Our examination is not coming. Our examination is right now. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you are testing us. Father God, we should not be found wanting, Lord Father. We commit ourselves into your hands, Lord. We pray, Lord, where correction is needed, correct us, Lord Father. Where discipline is needed, discipline us, Lord Father. Where change is needed, change us, Lord. But make us people ready to enter into your kingdom, Lord Father. We don't want to miss out on that. Father God, we thank you, Lord Father, for your servant whom you have used to this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word which you have put into him, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to anoint him, Lord Father. Use him and his family, Lord Father, even as they bring us more and more godly wisdom, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that the hand of blessing will be upon him and his family, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, Lord. Father God, be with every one of us. Keep us as a prepared people, Lord Father. We commit ourselves into your hands. We thank you, we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.